Hello, this podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy. Now Alchemy is an amazing company that has formulated the most powerful substance in our body that was taken way back in the Egyptian era known as the food of the gods. Not only does it bring in balance, happiness, and increase your intuition, it decalcifies your pineal gland, which opens up your third eye and increases your light body, allowing your consciousness and your awareness to be open and aware of everything that is going on. The high-level mineral source, which we need today on our planet, is so important. With the fact that the earth itself has been overturned so many times with all of the farming industries, that we do not have access to the rich Ormus that is available in this planet. And thanks to now alchemy, we do. We now have the sustenance that our body needs that is brought in from the Himalayan mountains and the Dead Sea. Ormus, which is powerful energy source that moves through your body and brings together a whole synthesis of information to every part of your body. By bringing this mineral source, you are nourishing your body at a cellular level. I love the company for what it stands for and its ethics. And it has been a sponsor of Ancient Wisdom Today podcast since the beginning. And that's why I always ask the tribe to support the sponsors who are sponsoring this show because I go through each of the sponsors with strong ethics and integrity to make sure that whatever they are bringing forth is in align to the planet and into you and for all of us so that we can grow and have health and wellness in our lives. Ormus's company spends a lot of time with advanced scientists, naturopaths, and doctors and herbalists to formulate a sourcing technique that brings in the highest quality of organic ingredients from the most mysterious and desolate countries in order to bring the magic in the bottle, which is Ormus. Now alchemy is not just for health and wellness community, but for all people seeking to become their greatest version of themselves. And I've been taking this product for many months, and it has been such an addition to my shamanic love that I bring to the world. And how I bring love into the lives of people is by keeping myself healthy and happy and lifted and shifted. By bringing the highest source of minerals in my body, I am able to hold a high vibration of energy and light when doing healing work or when I'm speaking to large groups of people and when I'm here lit and doing Ancient Wisdom Today podcasts. So I invite you to experience the amazingness of Ormus. They have so many powerful selections that you can choose from, from 24 karat gold Ormus to Shilajit to nano-enhanced CBD to Elysium, each bringing a different blend of energy to your body. And I honestly say that this company is really changing the lives of people. Ever since I've mentioned them and shared them with all of the people in the tribe, I've been getting letters and letters of people's lives that have been changing. And not to mention the fact that those who have had suffered so many times from PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, confusion, fog brain, and all of these other symptoms that have been plaguing us because of the onslaught of aggressive energies on our planet, by taking Ormus, these things are cleared, neutralized, and allowing you to have more balance and groundedness in who you are, as well as enhancing your mind so that you're able to think clearly and have a stronger focus. You can get Ormus by contacting www.n.com 
www.nowalchemy.com. That's www.nowalchemy.com. And if you use the code SHAMAN, you'll get 11% off every purchase you make. I'm so happy, tribe, that we are putting beautiful things in our body because putting beautiful things in our body is putting beautiful things in our mind and our spirit. And that allows us to shine and radiate our truth in this world as leaders. I love you. Enjoy the share. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, beautiful tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Uh, this is Shaman Durek, and I just want you to know how much I love you, how powerful you are, and what beautiful spirits you are, and the fact that you're on this planet and we're doing it together is so amazing. We have so much love to bring into this world, and there's so much richness and profoundness and energy that is just waiting to explode through you. And that is why it's so important to clear your mind of anything that is not in the frequency of love. So if anyone hasn't told you today that I love you, I do. And I love you so much. And it makes me so happy to, to be here and to share with you in today's share. And I am very, very excited and happy because I am doing this live in front of so many powerful leaders right now that are looking at me and I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys say hi? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so excited to also be here with my two lovely high priestesses, uh, Britt and Tara. And I just love them so much. They bring so much joy into the lives of people and not just joy, but wisdom and understanding and playfulness. And I, I love, you know, having two powerful women who are just leading messages of love and divinity into the minds of people by just elevating them, elevating them and taking them up higher and higher and higher is all what it's about to light that fire. And I'm all about the fire being lit within our tribe, within everyone, every person we meet and everything that we see, do and touch has to be lit, lit, lit. So thank you for being here, beautiful, powerful ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Love you so it. much for having yes. us. This is so fun. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. And one of the things I'm really excited about is the fact that we're doing this live in front of so many powerful leaders. And it's wonderful for us to be here because I just remember you know, when we first met and how we connected and it was just love at first sight. And I'm so happy to, to continue our journey in life together and so forth. And also how wonderful it was for this amazing space, Unita, mm -hmm. yes. right? To open the doors to create this healing vortex of love. I know, I know. We love this space. This is our co-working space that we... Um, had. There's a whole community here and it's a beautiful one. And we were able to actually open up the space and have all of you here very easily. So I think we need to do this more. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So one of the things I wanted to ask you ladies is what inspired your path 
to recognizing this powerful energy that is inside of you that needed a voice, needed this place for you to express? What brought that to, to fruition? You can go first, Brent. Okay. So um, although I absolutely believe in so much of what Shaman Derek was talking us through tonight about not needing suffering to really wake us up, um, <laughs> all about that, um, my path was one of a lot of suffering. And, um, you know, it really came through a lot of addictive patterns, um, a lot of alcohol and drugs and needing codependency and the energy of of the club and other people telling me I was good enough. And that's really the world that I was living in. And my health started to decline and my mind was not healthy. And um, my mom ended up getting diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And so that was the kind of like second wake up call that really made me realize, you know, how much of a gift it is to be here living on this planet and you know how easily that can all be stripped away from us and it made me really realize the point of being here and it made me um, start to go within and start to look at myself and understand that I needed that healing to rise above and heal and release everything that was keeping me in those low vibrations of addiction. And, and so, yeah, it was these wake up call moments that really, um, had me look at myself in the mirror and say, like, you're better than this and you have more to offer and you're here for a reason and the world needs you. And it was, you know, that point at that point that really started my journey of, going within, doing the meditation, doing the yoga, attracting healthier practices, healthier people, and um, eventually, you know, led us to such a beautiful journey where we're really able to live our truth. Um, We're living out our dream, our purpose, and we're really so passionate about inspiring every single person to do the same. That is so powerful. I think that, you know, having these experiences to really you know, really kind of create the foundation, you know, because a lot of times what happens is we get caught up in this idea that, you know, I have to, you know, um, be this perfect person in order to be able to have a voice, to have a message, to go out into the world and create that. But the funny thing about it is, is that the core energy of anything that is transformational can only occur when we are really recognizing that growth in spirituality is also the addiction. It's a part of that journey. You know, that is the, that is the journey. As we would say in shamanism, that is the shamanic journey, right? And even, you know, with everything that you've experienced, every component is the medicine, Right. And, and so a lot of times, because I, I come across people who have different addictions and so forth, and they get and they beat up on themselves and they get upset about themselves. And I say, you know what? Actually, this addiction is really good for you right now because it's medicine that's keeping you alive so you don't commit suicide. So, what, you know, our thing is to be able to help you to move from that stage of that addiction and step into a stage of healing, transformation, and growth. And so, not that you want to stay in it, but don't beat up on it because when you beat up on it, you actually dig in deeper. But when you actually actually start acknowledging it, that it's a medicine and it's been helping you, you actually start rising out of it. So you set, you get to see how that medicine served you. And then you begin to go over and go, wait a second, I don't need that medicine anymore. I can now go into this place and this can serve me to bring me into a higher place of my own experience. And so 
I think it's an, an absolute, you know, for myself as well, because I also went through addiction and, um, you know, having, you know, being chosen as a shaman in my family and dealing with spirits coming in my room every night and like, you know, things pulling me out of my bed and old men coming to me and telling me, oh, let's go for a walk. I don't want to go for a walk, but you know, these types of things, you know, and you're dealing with this, this continuous onslaught of these energies and, and, and knowledge and information. And you're like, I just want to go to school and, and get invited to a birthday party and no one wants to invite you because they all think you're the freak, you know? And so constantly being alone and experience that depth of loneliness of not being invited to birthday parties, not having friends say, I want to be friends with you because they're friends with me. No, I want to be friends with you because they want me to come after school and me do parlor tricks for them of what I can do shamanically or show them things that I have going on in my house and so forth. So I went into depression and I, I got very much into cocaine and crystal meth and alcohol. I mean, I remember one time I woke up on the, one of the neighbors, I was like, I come maybe seven houses down. I was like, I had my pants on backwards <laughs> and I had like throw up on my shirt oh, and the kid, whole family was like looking at me and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's definitely a problem here. Oh, your shirt. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, but the interesting thing was that my my teachers, my elders, they were very understanding because they said to me, "This is your medicine right now," and so what you need to understand is why this type of medicine is serving you, and then how do you move yourself from that to you know being who you've come to be, which is you know. So I just want to first of all thank you for being so transparent, and thank you for sharing that. I think that's beautiful, and it's it, it's a part of all of us. You know, I don't want anyone in the world to ever think that because of the things that they went through, they can't be this amazing, powerful leader in the world. Leaders are not created just by waking up and saying, hey, I'm a leader. You know, They were created by experiencing themselves. And through that experience of themselves, they had that you know, understanding that it's not about judging it or ridiculing it or condemning it, which is what we've been taught to do in society is to look for the big, bad, ugly, the big, bad, ugly and condemn it and make it wrong and then persecute ourselves. And then we fall in deeper and deeper into that place. Most addiction maintains itself because of your persecution. Mm -hmm. And then you feel guilty and shameful. And then you go and do it again because you feel like, well, I'm dirty already. So I might as well just be dirty. Or I'm, you know, I'm doing all these things anyway. So I might as well keep doing it. And then that's what addiction is. It's the repetitive understanding that you require this to continue because you keep beating up on yourself. So... Yeah, thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, yeah. And I love um, for everybody here in front of us, Shaman Derek was going through and talking about how he's thankful for, you know, being molested and all of these things that have happened. And so, um, you know, I honestly never thought that I would be able to feel that way and actually be grateful for the challenges and be grateful that my mom passed away, um, be grateful for, you know, those nights of addiction. But I honestly can say that I'm so grateful for them now because like you said, you know, we all have different medicines at different times and that's what we need. So it's just about trusting our path. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you said it so beautifully. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> I love that. Tell me, my love. Um, so it's interesting because I, I think even a couple of weeks ago, I would have answered this question a lot differently. But I've come into contact with some old friends from college and they kind of, I, I kind of had forgotten about this part of me because it was so deeply painful. But it still kind of is a pushing force. And that is much what like you're talking about, the loneliness. And I remember as a child, I was never alone, but I was so deeply lonely. Like it's like, whew, it's kind of hard to talk about. Um, and so the way I decided to try to, you know, um, 
pacify that was with other people. And so for me, it was always relationships. I was exploring through relationships. And so, you know, like this deep seated loneliness was like, I got to grab other people to like put around me. Like I still feel lonely. What's going on? I remember meeting Brit when I was 12 and, you know, I was very, very alone inside. And this bright, bubbly, happy girl comes into ballet class. And, and I'm like, this girl is amazing. And we become best friends pretty quickly. But still, I remember going, you know, through um, high school and finding a journal. We had gone to Hawaii together and the journal was filled with the saddest, most dark, sad pages of loneliness. I was so so sad as a kid and nobody really knew. But it continued through college and it continued into a relationship that lasted five years. And it was one where I started to mentally kind of degenerate. Like I was going to therapy, talk therapy and taking pills because I thought I was maybe like bipolar or something. Because if we had a good, if my partner and I had a good weekend, I was fine and I was happy. But if we had a bad weekend, I slipped down the scale and I was just miserable. And so I was taking all this medication that was like hard medication and, and, you know, that serves people that really need it, but I didn't need it and it wasn't working for me. And I finally had to look at myself in the mirror. I remember being in San Francisco and I had been crying every day for like three weeks after he would leave the house. And I looked at myself and was like, you have to learn. It was like a spirit. My spirit came through and looked at me and was like, you need to learn how to leave things that are not good for you. And it turned me into this internal journey. And this journey took me to astrology that I'd always been drawn to as a child, numerology. I was trying to make sense of things. And then it led me to kundalini yoga. And it sort of just led me down this path of, okay, I'm looking outside of myself, yet the loneliness keeps coming from within me. And I kept repeating the same pattern over and over that it was like, the problem is me. The problem is not other people. And it was so Piscean of me. You know, I, I was born in the Piscean age as we all were. And well, except for the little one here. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. have a baby in the room. Yeah, we have a baby in the room. Um, you know, but it was like everything is outside of you. Like you look for everything outside of you. And and I innately knew, like, I have to actually look internally. This is really going to be ugly, but I have to do it because I cannot live like this. I cannot be on medication. I cannot be crying every morning. This is not going to work for me. And so sadly, it was a, you know, a suffering that led to it, to sort of a, an like a oh um a flowering of sorts that just one thing after another after another you just follow the path i was like getting into some really interesting mindset work first the first thing i remember is like this woman at a workshop told me okay when the fire truck is going down the road most people are like god that sound is terrible i love that sound uh, <laughs> and i and she's like why can't you just switch it to i hope that they get to the person they need to get to and I remember like hearing that I was like, holy crap, that's for everything. And so things just started, you know, kind of journeying down the road. And I, you know, Britt and I reconnected. We had always been connected, um, but we reconnected deeply. Went to John of God, a healer, got a whole download of Elevate the Globe. I had been searching for something bigger. I was like, something's got to be bigger for me because everything's becoming bigger. I'm becoming more whole inside. I'm not as lonely. I will say sometimes the loneliness is still really there. So it's something I, I work on all the time. But but yeah, it that's what the loneliness drove drove it. It was like experiencing the low 
parts of being completely separated to understand what it was to 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 be like one consciousness. I think I needed to experience both and my tool was relationships. Right, yeah, I <laughs> remember. Cho- yeah, my choice of <laughs> tool of addiction was like relationship after relationship after Yeah. Yeah. Shum and Dick seeing all of them. Oh my god, we already looked at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what he told me it really helped within honestly like a good day. I was like, all right. That is insane. Um, I really just went and talked to myself. I talked to the the part of me that was really having a problem with it. It was like a fragmented part of me that I had like lost in the mix. And so I brought it back with me and gave it a lot of love and asked it what it needed and why it was so upset and what happened. And and we had a chill moment for a while. And I had to sit with her for a while because she was really sad. Right. So she was sad. So so yeah, she's she's a there's a broken piece, but we're getting her back to to really um, wholeness, and it's beautiful. So right. thank you for for your help. Oh no, please. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's you know me. It's it's all about service. I know. You know, but the thing is that you said you mentioned something about broken piece, and I, I really want to go into that a little bit because you said broken, and mm-hmm. that's the thing that I feel that we we keep doing as people on Earth is that we keep saying we're broken, and 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 what we don't realize is that creation is not this outside source that is, you know, get generating the idea of your life based upon how many good things you've done and how many, you know, how many um, stars that you've got for being a good person. Uh, it's generating your life on what you say and what you think and what you react to. And so what will happen more and more is people begin to go in and communicate with that little boy or that little girl inside, that soul, when they really want to know what that soul is. And when they find out that the soul is whatever they say it is, then they realize that whatever they say it is and whatever they say to themselves, that's what spirit creates. And so that's what creation creates. So if you believe that you're broken, then the spirits have to make sure you stay broken, right? So we always want to say that the cup is full than empty, right? Because then in that point, you're able to move through the idea of truth, which is everything is always ready for transformation, right? Every pain is already at the gates, ready to leave. And you're the one who keeps calling it back in because you keep you, you keep identifying it in a different form, right? Your body, your spirit knows how to bring homeostasis, how to bring balance, how to bring spiritual harmony into your life. It is we, the broken tape recorders and the broken records that keep saying the same commands to creation to, you know, as it was leaving, we're like, no, 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 it's broken. Uh, No, it's not. It's leaving. Oh, it's broken. You know, and then someone be like, you know, I see you happy when I'm not happy. I've been in pain. (laughs) Right. And that's because we keep calling it back in. And what we, what we have to recognize is that we don't have to. Right. And it's stepping into that awareness that everything is leaving, everything is transitioning, everything is transferring, everything is transmutating. And so when you get into that idea that what is just waiting on you to do, right, is just to see it, Mm -hmm. see the new evolution that's already been created way before it even happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's like, that's the whole thing I say, you know, to people is that, you know, the new world is already here. It's just that not enough people have used their powers to see it. And so when we collectively get into that space of seeing it, then you will see everything shifting and changing. I was just, it's really funny, actually. I was just having a conversation. I was at a friend's birthday party uh, the other night. And I was talking to this lovely man, his wife. They're so beautiful, beautiful couple. And he was talking about Trump. And he goes, I can't believe those people who voted for Trump and blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, well, you were one of them. And he goes, what do you mean? What do you mean? I didn't vote for Trump. I go, no, but you did. 
I said, and you keep letting us know that you did because you keep talking about it. Because the thing is, if we look at understanding of creation, everything that you put your attention on becomes your intention, attention to intention, right? So if I put my attention on the fact that I don't like something, my intention is to keep creating that I dislike. And so if I don't want someone to have power, and I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not going to put my attention. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm still broken. Oh, I'm still hurt. Oh my God, I'm just in pain. Oh my God, every time I go into relationships, I get hurt. I'm just writing. I'm just constantly pulling all this energy in. And as a quantum creator, that is not something we want to do, right? Because we have so much more power than that. So I, you know, I, I encourage, I welcome that new idea to, you know, to sit, marinate, whatever. Well, it's interesting though, because I would love... Well, I'm going to, can I ask you a question? Yes, of course. Okay. So, so for everyone in the room, you know, it can be a very difficult pattern to break. At least it seems that way. So, so do you have any advice for, for everyone listening that seems like they cannot break the pattern? What is like, what does that look like for you? Because yes, it's great and easy to say this, but how does it, like, what's the tool to actually break it or? So, the, the first thing you have to understand is that the idea of your language is the first pattern, right? Your language has codes and frequencies that are created when you speak. So, you know, you never heard of abracadabra or as above, so below, so it is, so mote it be, all of these, these, you know, these sayings that you hear. Your words are creation. So just the idea of saying it's hard right? You've yeah. just already created it that way. The first understanding is recognizing what? You have to cut out the middle person. What is the middle person? The middle person is the part of you that says, like, I'll give you an example. Let's say, let's, uh, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll yeah, do it right let's now. let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, give me something that you're doing that you don't understand. Oh, well, you've already said it. I love that we always use me as the example. This is so fun. <laughs> I was like, can we use you, please? That's right. We do, <laughs> don't we? We do. Yeah, actually. I I'm okay with it. I really am. So because I feel like it's, it's really relevant, you know. Um, if it's coming up, it's coming up for other people. So, so um, you've already said it. It's um, I always get hurt in relationships. Okay. Now you say how you say I always get hurt. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get honest. Let's cut out the middle person. Yes. And say. I get hurt in relationships because... I get hurt in relationships because... Oh, well... Because <laughs> I don't want to be in one. There you go. You see, it's this is... See, the, the thing is, when you cut out mm -hmm. that middle person, the how come and, <laughs> you know, why and all of that, that was all created by the system to keep you from knowing your truth. You cut out the middle person, you go right to it. Like right to it. Like when I'm working in hospitals with doctors and I, I'm working with cancer patients and they're like, I don't know why I have cancer. I'm like, okay, let's cut out the middle person. Can you just tell me why you have cancer? And they're like, I have cancer because, and then they say it and they're like, oh my God. Like they had no idea that they already knew the information. But because we've been so programmed to put that middle person in so we can do, so we can, you know, push away our power, which is exactly what the system wants. That's why it was created. It's like, okay, you don't want to be in your power. Let's give you a middle, a middle word that you can say. And then you can get into that middle word and believe that middle word is truly the thing that you have to say every time you want to know something about yourself or why you do something or why you smoke or why you have, why you have money coming in the door or whatever it may be, right? And so cutting out that person, the moment you do that, something miraculous happens in your being. The greatest factor 
for change and growth on any level, be it conscious or unconscious, is the understanding of truth. When truth is revealed to you, even if you like it or not, it opens up a wellspring of change. And literally, just by you saying it, your spirit heard you say it. You emoted it out in words. That part of your being that has been limiting you from change can't do it anymore. It stops it in its tracks immediately. Yeah. And what happens in in my mind is immediately go, well, if I do want a relationship, what I need to focus on for me is really forgiving the the parts of me that that feel like it's not possible. So that's where I go. Okay. Where do you go? All right. Well, where I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me just take it there. Yeah, I want to go there. Forgiving what parts? Um, you know, it's pa- like because it's again, it's pulling from the past. It's pulling from it's the past. It's the past stuff it, because it wants to creep in because I let it creep in. Oh, good. Yeah, we're hearing. Like, now no, I no, can no, hear it. I hear it. Like it's, it's coming in. I let it come in. But it's like... Now let's play. Your, let's, feels, let's, let's play a game. It feels a little strong. Let's play. Oh, you keep giving it power. I know. I love that. You just keep, keep I know. giving I it power. I must really want to... See how she gave it? She gave it a superpower. She's like, <laughs> it feels strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it feels a little. All like, of a sudden, it's like I am that uh, strong. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. It keeps creeping back in. It was actually turning its back and walking away. <laughs> it's like I am creeping back in. <laughs> that's exactly what it feels like. Your face. <laughs> a little it's like trickster. You still need me. <laughs> right? You're like literally remote controlling that. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you got power now. <laughs> okay. And you were kind of walking away. You're creeping back in. And I can't seem to get rid of you. Come on, that. <laughs> right? So that right there, yeah. right, is showing you something. Now, mm-hmm. let's let's go into this. Let's remove the middle mm-hmm. person, right? And say, I hold on to it because it gives me this. I hold on to it because it gives me Power. Mm-hmm. Nice mm. power. Shira. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just one of my stronger things. Is this interesting for you guys? Like what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, 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 okay. It's, you know, it's opening. Yeah, it's it's yeah, opening yeah. energies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it gives me power mm-hmm. because. Because all I hear is freedom. So it gives me power because I, I can experience freedom. I, I experience freedom by not being attached to anyone. Mm-hmm. And that does. And so having that freedom makes you feel powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you are associating your idea of freedom from the idea of not being attached because you, my darling, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. I'm like a biggest kid. <laughs> Literally, you have a part of your being that believes that you cannot coexist in your own freedom and own power independent without someone when someone is present with you you think that goes out the door yep and guess what it does it does yeah now i i don't hold my freedom in relationships because go ahead i it well I don't, I don't hold, hold on. I don't hold on to my freedom in relationships because it makes me feel weak. 
in relation. I don't know. That's just what. No, say, I don't know. No judgment. It's no analyzation. Well, because it doesn't make sense to me, but it makes me feel weak. That's my answer. I, I want to take that point where she says it doesn't make make sense to her. Yeah. How would you know what makes sense to you? Only by that which you've analyzed and decided to yeah. compartmentalize and put in a box. Mm-hmm. The unknown won't make sense to you. So get used to it. If you want to go in the unknown, it's not going to make sense to you. That's, where you, that's, that's the difference between non-judging or judging. Mm-hmm. If something doesn't make sense to you, right? And you're like, it doesn't make sense to me, right? Immediately, you're going to start creating defenses to protect yourself from something that you don't understand. This is why people don't go into the unknown to get their power. Because spirit may lead you on a path to the unknown and you'll be like, that doesn't make sense to me. And why would I move there? And how come I would be doing this? And what? Uh, what? What are you talking about? I spent my whole life in law school. You want me to what? Do Reiki healing? <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like that happens to a lot of people. You know it what? It definitely does. I, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure, right? Benjamin Franklin <laughs> and a lot of other people, yeah. that didn't make sense to them very true and it didn't make sense to a lot of other people too no right but now it makes sense to us exactly because the spirits that come after us will know what like i feel like we we as we get older and more evolved we know you know everything makes more sense so so uh, going back to what you were saying yeah but the spirits evolving would make sense nothing will ever make sense my dear as long yeah. as you stay in the unknown. However, what will operate within engagement is the journey of acceptance and experiencing it and then deciding where you want it to be. You're not here to make sense of this. And if you try to make sense, you will only do what I said. Notice the word I said really loud, try. Because <laughs> that's as far as you're going to get. Think about it. Try to make sense of this world. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much impossible. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Really yes. So just take the things that you want to connect with mm-hmm. that are authentic and connect to you to bring you to a place of joy and harmony. And you don't have to make sense of everything. That's why I said, I think the person <laughs> who knows nothing knows everything. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they're not trying to figure it all out. And in shamanism, you don't figure things out. You don't, you don't, when, when, just, when your spirit wake you up in the middle of the night and say, I need you to go outside and draw three circles and stand in one and just say these words for like, until the sun comes up. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I love it. Is my dad going to freak the <laughs> crack out when he sees me <laughs> opening the front door? <laughs> And then there I am drawing circles <laughs> on his way, going to work in his truck and the neighbors jogging by. Is that going to make sense to them? Is it going to make sense to me? No. However, I do it. And then all of a sudden the sun comes up and I'm like, oh, and all of a sudden I have this new healing energy. Yeah. Or this new download of how to support someone that I was assisting. And now I can engage with them even deeper. Mm-hmm. You see? So it's not going to make sense. So get rid of that. Okay. So just go into this place of I become weak when I hold on to my power and freedom in a relationship because. 
Say the whole, say the whole sentence. That way you won't be making sense of your thoughts right no, now. No, no. I, 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 yeah. Um, I am trying to formulate it. Um, uh, don't try. I, I okay, become sorry, weak. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on, hold on. Okay. I become weak <laughs> when I hold on to my power and freedom in relationships because it's happened before and it did not turn out well. Ha ha. It happened before and it didn't turn out well. Mm-hmm. Well, my darling, it wasn't supposed to turn out uh-uh. well. Uh, the thing is, you compromise. You went into a relationship holding your freedom and holding your power, which is exactly what you're supposed to do. And if the other person got uncomfortable with it, is that your person? No. Right. If you're at a job and you're like looking at the clock, working, looking at the clock, working, looking at the clock. <laughs> that's not your job. Mm-mm. No. Okay, if you feel like you have to tiptoe around your mate because you're afraid that you actually want to go see a shaman and did some Kundalini stuff with Brit and Tara and you like all of a sudden started yelling and stomping around and stuff like that. And someone's like, that's weird. And like, and you're like, huh? Like, I don't want that person to know. That's not your mate. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you should never feel on any level that there's something wrong with you for being you. If you want to wake up in the morning and bang drums and and scream ayawala wala ayawala wala <laughs> Sounds like Brett over here. I know, right? Me too. <laughs> My husband's used to it now. <laughs> I'm pretty She's doing sure I've, again. I'm pretty sure I've seen her do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then then that's then that's the kind of bird you are, you know? Yeah. And it's okay to be a strange bird. Okay? I'm a strange bird. You should see me. <laughs> Just ask my niece what I'm like. I'm like singing Disney songs in my underwear. <laughs> Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? <laughs> People be like, what is the shaman doing? I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> Even one of my friends brought me, uh, brought me my, act, my new action figures. You see my new toys back there? Brought me action figures. I have a sticker book. I cried when someone threw away my sticker book. <laughs> People are like, what are you strange? What's wrong with you? I'm doing me. Right? <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like it's more about um, just tapping into your heart. And really, like for me, it's been such a journey of getting out of my head and, you know, connecting to our heart centers that are so powerful and um, having like our throat chakra connected to our heart center and being able to speak our thoughts our truth and be our truth and be exactly who we are aside from anything or anybody outside of us that tells us, oh no, that's a little weird. Most people don't do that. You shouldn't do that. Just like stepping out of any limitations like that, that can cause us to veer off of our path of our truth. Um, so yeah, it, it is a beautiful thing to really like start to work with your heart more than your head. Because for me, that's what's really allowed me to, to do that and not try to conform or try to change or try to be somebody else because of all of the reasons that we could find. Yeah. I have a, I don't care club card. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And if you ever want to just join the club, it's called the I Don't Care Club. (laughs) And you simply just get to live your truth. And you get to be you. And you can skip down the street. You can dance when you want. You can do anything you want. And it doesn't matter what anyone says. Because in the I Don't Care Club, you just don't care. Yes. I think we need shirts. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. (laughs) Look, if we look at it, right, we've been antiquating this idea that love, 
right? And being liked mm-hmm. and all these, that's why Facebook does it and Instagram does it because they know, they know, mm-hmm. like they know the programs we've been given, right? Yes. This idea that if we see that we're liked and we're loved, like, oh my God, it's something doing something right, right? With the whole thing is, it's like, this isn't the people pleasing game. I mean, we didn't come into this earth to be like, everyone like me. Not everyone likes me and that's okay. And you know what? If I'm not here for them to like me, I'm here to deliver a message, you know? Yeah. And if you look at it like Mother Teresa, you look at some of the greatest people that lived in our time, they were not liked, okay? But what they did was outstanding. What they did was so powerful and so noble and such a kind and loving giving to life because they just didn't care, right? And if you look at some of the amazing artists and, and the amazing innovators and so forth, they got to those places because they didn't care. You know, you know uh, Benjamin Franklin, for instance, was told that he was doing black magic. Mm. Black magic. Okay, the Wright, the Wright brothers was told that they were crazy that one day we would fly in some contraption like a bird and all this kind of stuff. Well, guess what? We do, <laughs> right? So don't underestimate yourself from the truth that is coming through your being because you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Who cares you don't understand it? Just keep going, right? And I think, my darling, for you, which is really beautiful and really, really beautiful, and I'm going to say this, is that, You are such a person who cares so much about what other people feel and how they feel that you were willing to surrender your truth, give away your truth to make the other person happy and to the point where it it couldn't be fulfilling anymore for you. So the lesson in that is not to use that as an example of why you think you can't have that. It's actually to use that as an opportunity of understanding you can have that but not with that type of person. So call in that person who honors you as you are. No mm-hmm. compromise. You don't have to do songs and dances and skip around and walk on eggshells and, and, and go, oops. You know, you don't have to do any of those things. To, to, to What spirit is waiting for you to, to do is say, I am not going to compromise. And then all of a sudden, everything will shift and every level. And this goes for, and this also goes for everyone out there in the tribe who are healers and teachers and bringing anything. When you get a person who comes in, I've had people who come in, one guy came in and saw me and got mad at me and cursed at me and called me all kinds of names. You shaman, you're full of this and that and that and all kinds of things, okay? All kinds of words, things I didn't understand. And, you know, just went on and on and on, just saying all kinds of stuff. And I was speaking all kinds of languages. I don't know. I just was looking at him, just smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, my 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 team was like, um, you know, this this is crazy. I can't believe this happened to you, so forth and so on. And then, you know, he called two weeks later, his his assistant called and he had said, Oh, I'm gonna tell people about you in the press, I'm gonna let people know what a phony and charlatan and this and that. You may even tell someone something that they don't even know what it means. I've had people be like, uh, that's not correct. I had a guy who came to interview me for a magazine, came in, sat in, and I started talking to his grandmother. His grandmother was telling me, um, oh, tell him how much I love him and how much I love his mom and I miss the family. Missing and the other side is different from missing here. Missing means like, I want to be with you all the time, every time, okay? They're with you in spirit, but the missing part is for you to understand how much they love you. Do you understand? So the core energy, what she was telling me was like, you know, about how she, uh, what she loved. You know, he said, well, how do I know you're talking to my grandmother? I said, well, let me ask her some questions. 
And so, you know, she said, well, you know, I, when I, I used to love dancing with, you know, with, with your grandfather and I used to, when he was working on airplanes, I was a nurse in, in, in the war and all of these different things. And the guy was sitting there looking at me with this face, on this face like this. I get a phone call from the editor of the magazine. He calls me up. He goes, he, you want, I want to show you what he wrote about you. It was this horrible article. This guy's a liar. He's a phony. He's a fake. I'm glad that I got to interview him. I got to meet a real charlatan. I just went the whole way, right? So the editor's like, I'm not going to print this because this is not, I know you and I know who you are and this is not the truth. So I'm just going to let it sit for a little bit. That guy went home to see his mom and told his mother about how he wasn't getting his article printed in the magazine, how upset he was, and his mom asked why. And so he went and told her all the things I said, and the mom pulled out an old box and showed him all the pictures, and every single thing I said was exactly his grandmother. And he came to my house crying. He said, I'm so sorry. I've disrespected you. I feel horrible. You see, your thing is just to be the messenger. As I always say, I'm the messenger and the janitor, right? And so you're not here to fix anyone. Mm -mm. Nuh-uh. If you go to help someone and they don't get help, that's what it means, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you understand that, my love? Oh, yes. Yeah, and it's it's funny. Um, it's the relationship thing. It's what tricks me up. It's the romantic relationships. That's like, because I, I understand that. But it, when it comes to relationships, it's like a whole another ball game. So I appreciate the insight and and really I'm, I'm you know, already calling this person in. So you already called that person yeah, in. Mm -hmm. He's he's already around. Yes. So it's fine. Yes. It's all working. <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to be at your wedding. I'm going to be at your you wedding. Will. I'm going to be like, you did it. You did it. Yeah. You did it. You can officiate the wedding. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so tell me, so tell me, um, ladies, yeah. what is the thing that you feel right now in order for people to elevate themselves, in order to go higher? What is the thing that you feel that that people need to bring into their life and and make it a part of their journey? Um, so I feel like the biggest thing is more energy. I feel like, um, you know, we have so much going on with so much stimulus and so much on social media. And we, you know, especially as those of us that live in big cities driving all the time, it's just so much. And the world is speeding up. The population is rising more than ever before. It's just a lot of energy. And so if we are depleted within our own bodies and our energy fields, and we're not bringing enough energy into our own bodies every single day, then we're, we're not going to have enough energy to hold, you know, these higher vibrations and these positive feelings. And we're not going to be able to handle all of this stuff with grace and really work with it and use it um, in a positive way, really be part of the solution. So, so yeah, like for me and for us, it's all about, you know, how can we use our breath and use our movement and really make our bodies healthy through the food that we eat, um, you know, being like really clean um, eaters and having like a clean vegan diet for me is like what I need to give myself energy. Um, just being intuitive and really tapping into myself and, um, you know, the energy around me to know like what I need every day to give myself more energy. I feel like that's what everybody needs. 
we need more energy and we really have to have practices in place to give ourselves the energy that we need. What would you yeah. say is some practices, my love? So a, a morning practice, you know, a morning, we, we practice Kundalini yoga because of the, you know, efficiency and the effectiveness. It's just, you, know, you can do three minutes a day and charge up your whole system, three minutes of breath of fire. And you're really, really helping your nervous system to charge up, to hold the energy of the day. There's more energy on the planet than ever before. And so our bodies have to attune to the energy. And so if you're not attuned, you're going to get frazzled and you're going to be more susceptible to swinging down the pendulum and to, you know, the, the lower emotions of, you know, negativity, anxiety, fear, because you just can't hold the energy in the body. And so it really starts with your nervous system. And so that is really stimulated by your breath. The Kriya we did today as a group was really to stimulate your nervous system and really, um, strengthen it. And, you know, a strong nervous system is kind of everything for me. Um, and, and I work on it all the time because I need more energy to be able to handle what Britt and I are doing, um, trying to really give practices and what we know from Kundalini Yoga, the ancient traditions, um, and really, you know, give out the tools that we, we've learned. And so the, those tools are you know, morning practice, even if it's three minutes of breath of fire, ego eradicator. Um, we do a magic morning ritual, what we call it, it was 15 minutes. Um, there's a lot of gratitude practices. And, and again, the breath work and the movement and the mantras really, really help uh, me personally elevate. But yeah, yeah, it's... This is an interesting time on the planet. And so we really have to pay attention to the physical body as well as the internal body because we, we're kind of like, at least for me, I was attuning so deeply inside that I kind of forgot about the physical body a little bit. And and you can't we can't do that. We we're here. We're on we're we're here on the planet. We have to be grounded. We have to have a strong physical body too. Um, and that comes from the inside out too. It's not just strong muscles, it's a strong nervous system, endocrine system, circulation system. It's all of it. The organs are functioning. You know, you've got vitality and all of the organs moving together. You know, every, all the meridians are open and they're talking to each other and the hormones can flow. And, you know, so it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, that's. I think it's, I yeah. think a hundred percent, you know, one of the things that I find for myself is exactly that, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. is the body, you the know, body. the body, because I'm always doing stuff in the spirit and I'm doing stuff in the emotions and doing stuff in the mind. And then I get to my body and then my niece looks at me and she's like, go to bed, uncle, go to bed. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Stop playing video games, go to bed. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Dancing around the house, go to bed. <laughs> you know, no. because, because I'm constantly traveling and, and dealing with so much. And I think for me, it's really about energy conservation. It's how and mm -hmm. the way in which I use my energy Yes. How much do I actually talk? How much do I actually operate in what type of energies I put myself around? You know, mm -hmm. am I going to sit at a cafe and listen to a bunch of complaining friends? No. Am I going to go engage myself in things that are actually going to create disruptions within my energy? I'm about preserving energy. So I do spend a lot of time alone and I do like being alone and being with my toys and my video games and, you know, my meditations and talking to the ancestors and so mm -hmm. forth, you know, but then when I'm around people as well, I'm very selective to the type of people that I'm around, not selective in the sense of I love everyone. Yes. Selective in 
tuning into myself and what energy can I give or do I even want to give energy? Sometimes I'll just sit quietly and just stare at everybody and that's okay. And or when I go to an event or something, I don't need to go around the room introducing myself. I'd rather just go sit down on the couch and observe. I'm a mm-hmm. people watcher. Yeah. So I love people watching. <laughs> so that gives me a lot of energy just watching people. I like to watch people. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm, a, yeah. I'm an observer. And then I select. And attract. And attract. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad that you selected me in your life because yeah. I love both of you so oh much. Yeah, I love you. We too. love you so much. Yeah. yeah. So does anyone have, um, just so everyone know uh, uh, that we have the tribe here and we are rocking it. Yes. Does anyone have any questions that you would like to ask? Oh, come on, guys. I know. Yes. Hello. Um, so my question was, um, what would be your biggest advice um, for us to cultivate or inspire an abundant or inspirational conscious lifestyle for youth um, to start them early and show them the light early on so they don't have to deal with all the suffering that we did, did you know, and the trauma? Girls, do you want to start first or do you want me to start? Um, I can stay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, tonight, Shaman Derek was taking everybody through a ritual, I think you would call it, and really talking about how all of our lives start in the womb. Um, And I think that's really where it starts. I'm a mom to a two and a half year old. And I feel like everything that I did through pregnancy was just like such a spiritual practice for my daughter. And I was grieving the loss of my mom at the same time. So it was um, so important to me to play mantras and meditate and do yoga and surround myself with good people and positive environments and walk and, you know, do whatever I could to really like keep it a pure and neutral, positive environment. And that's what I continue to to do with her is just bring her to healers and bring, bring her along with me to experience, you know, any um, positive healing tools that I learned, any anything that I can really do. Um, I think we have to like um, the mama here tonight who has the baby, like I think that's so incredible and we have to do more of that. We have to bring our kids and expose them to positive things so that they have the tools to use when, you know, they're encountering different things in their life. And yeah, they're, they're just like us. They're so open and receptive and uh, they can really... Uh, they can really like make change and pull things in like a sponge so fast. So that's what I would suggest. Like just start them young with all of this beautiful healing work. Yeah, yeah definitely. And and I think this is sort of for, for the younger kids is really just like le- letting them and allowing them to really connect with their spirit and, and not, you know, in, in learning the language to explain to them maybe what they're seeing and like allowing it, you know, if they're seeing wolves under their bed, it's like, pay attention. Like it's not, don't tell them it's not real. You know, it's very real to them. Um, and, and I know Shaman Durek, you have an answer to what that, that is. And, and so I think it's cool to have a conscious effort of really allowing them to 
be connected as deeply and as long as they can really, really closely to source energy. Because I really wish that that was done for me. And and it wasn't that my parents, they just didn't know, you know? Um, and I really like want that connection for these kids to really be strong because I believe that they're really here to help elevate us very quickly. Um, they're so wise, these little ones. They It's like literally you can't get anything past them. You just can't. No. They know. They we yeah, know way no. too much. No, they come up to my yeah. stomach and be like, "Oh, more groceries." <laughs> <laughs> they're clever too. It like they say like, everything. You know, right? anything, anything. Yeah. Like if you feel like something's wrong with your face, they're like, "Something's wrong with your face." <laughs> so honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so to add to. So beautifully what both of you ladies said. Um, for me, I would say not buying them a bunch of stuff in there. Like if you have a newborn baby, do mm-hmm. not clutter the room with a bunch of things because it's very, very egocentric. It's the idea that you think that you have to do all, put all these things there to what? To make it that you like when people go into your baby room, it looks like you have everything you need. The thing is what you don't understand is that your synthesis, your synthesis and your ability to sense energy and frequency is at a different level than a child, especially a newborn and a toddler or the ages between three and up. So what's happening to them is they're actually actually picking up on all of this sensory going on, all these items going on, and it creates a suffocation for their synthesis. So it actually creates a bombardment inside of them that creates an anxiety that you don't even realize it's being created. And the whole time you're buying them tons of Christmas gifts, you don't need to buy your kids so many Christmas gifts because or have their a room full of every single toy that they're not even playing with. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell parents, you know, buy one gift for Christmas and one gift for them to give to a kid in an orphanage. You don't need to have so many toys because what happens is when you clutter them with all these toys, you create what this, this energy that we all have been exposed to when it was done to us, which is the idea that there's this black hole that never gets filled. So every time they see a commercial on TV, they're like, I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. And they'll just keep filling themselves with stuff, but they don't really play with it. it, will, it they'll play with it a little bit and they'll put it aside. And what's happening is they're building a synthesis of lack. And what it does is it starts to create this idea that they have to keep filling in that black hole. They have to keep filling in that hole and you'll never fill that hole. And that hole will grow with them. And then they'll become where they feel like they have to have like six cars and 2,000 shoes and, and never enough. And remember, prosperity in abundance happens with clarity, understanding, and the ability to have allowance. Allowance in the understanding of what? It, it, the allowance comes in from understanding that there is purpose and that there is value. Right. And and purpose and value comes when you recognize that your energy can be directed somewhere and you bring value to it. And so that way you actually recognize that prosperity isn't by filling in that hole or abundance is not filling in that hole, but it's actually filling up the heart. Right. And so when you are operating in that space of filling up the heart versus filling up the toy room, you're giving them a different synthesis and you educate them. Like, how come every kid gets to buy whatever they want, but you're not buying it from me? Because I am I'm helping you not have this black hole and you can explain to them what that looks like. So then they don't become they don't go to retail therapy when they get older. And every time money comes in, they feel they have to spend it immediately. So they don't have consciousness of prosperity and abundance and and sustenance. Right. Sustainable wealth, sustainable prosperity, sustainable sustainable on those levels can only be achieved when you're not constantly, every time money comes in and you see something you like, you have to go buy it, right? It's, it's not filling in that black hole. It's closing off that black hole inside of, I don't have something, so I don't feel good, or I don't have what they have, so I'm not good enough, or I don't have 
you know, these things and they do. So it's not fair. So something must be wrong with me. And so you go into creating the product, you, you end up creating the lack of prosperity. You end up creating a scarcity thinking just by the act of wanting something or desiring something that you feel you don't have and therefore justifying it with the fact that, that you're either not smart enough, you're not working hard enough, you're not doing enough, you're not creating enough. And this creates a discord. And so we really should look at this model and realize that it's been offset incorrectly. And it's made a lot of people now spend a lot of money on things they don't need, rack up tons of credit card bills, go into the mall and look at things and feel like they need it because they saw it on TV or their friend had it and so forth, keeping up with the Joneses, as people would call it. It is distracting us from what's important. And what's important is filling up the heart. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that was beautiful. And that just made me think of, and I'll just add, um, just allowing our kids and ourselves and all of us to feel all of the emotions. I feel like I see so many times if like my daughter's crying or other kids are crying, people are always just trying to like shut down anything that feels negative or loud or uncomfortable and just making it more normal for us all to be able to express all of the emotions, you know, not just the happiness and the celebration, but anything that mm-hmm. especially children are feeling is so important. And then, you know, allows them if they want that iPad, they want that toy and they can't have it. Well, feel what you're going to feel and feel it. And then, and then what are you interested in? What do you want to do? Yeah. What's real? Play what's with real? the trees. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what's real? I have my action, yeah. I have my action figures and my PlayStation. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to like buy every truck and toy in the store, you know, but like when I go to like, you know, these stores that have all the toys and stuff, I go straight for my action figures because I know that's what I, that I feel like I want. That's what I want to take on tour with me. That's what I want to play with. That's why I want to set up my forts and the hotels or wherever I'm at. Like, that's what I want to do. But I don't need to have all this stuff. Like when people go to my house, they're like, you only have this much clothes and you only live at a Disney suitcase. Yeah, I don't need all of that. Mm-hmm. And if I get something, I give it away because mm-hmm. you don't need accumulation. It's funny that we're talking about this because Britt and I were actually literally today talking about going to my house and stripping everything out of it that is not necessary. Like even my couch. Like it's just kind of like there's no... It feels... You start to accumulate the clutter and it messes with your mind much like the child it's like it's suffocating to me to have so much stuff in the house and it's like if I just need to sit on the floor I'm gonna sit on the floor I'm not gonna sit on the couch I don't even sit on the couch why is the couch in the house so just take some of the stuff out especially I think as we're really elevating as humans you know clear out the space we're clearing out space in the body we have to clear out physical space too it will make you feel so much better 100%. 100%. Like, so good for this, the conscious mind. It's like, <gasps> I can breathe in my house. Yeah. For what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it should be the sanctuary and it's become not. So, yeah, just it's strip too it much. Out. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a house up here in the hills a long time ago and I had this pool. I was in this house for like five years and I just, you notice every time I was traveling different countries and stuff, I come back to my house and I'd be like, I've never gotten in that pool. I don't get in that pool. Why do I have this house and why do I have this pool? Mm-hmm. And then I started looking at my shelves and I was like, what are all these knickknacks on my shelves? Mm-hmm. These things aren't even giving me empowerment. This image on the wall isn't empowering me. I don't feel like I can be like, I'm not going out the door looking at this little knickknack on the shelf and it's like, <laughs> you're lit. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, it's not doing that for me. It's just staring at me. 
<laughs> you know, and the art's just staring at me. And so if I have a picture on the wall, it has to do something for yeah. me. If I have something on my shelf, it has to do something for me. If I have something in my closet, I need to be wearing it. If I see something in my closet and I haven't wore it in like at least a month to two months, it goes. Yeah. And that's it. That's how, that's how you know, because we become, we become dependent and codependent upon the system programming us with billboards and you don't have this. And if you had this, you would feel better. And if you do this, you're going to get, you're going to get love. And if you wear this jacket, you're going to get laid and like, no, ill. <laughs> <laughs> any, yes, any other? <laughs> so true. <laughs> <Ill>. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead and go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Hi guys. Um, so I am pretty new to the spiritual connection. And one thing I hear a lot of is trust your intuition. Do you have any advice on discerning intuition from ego? Cause I think I like, I sometimes don't know which is which. And sometimes I then I realize it's fear when it's like, not like it's like a caution or something. And I'm like, wait, that's not intuition. That's fear. So is there any advice around how to like discern the two when you're kind of navigating the beginnings of a spiritual life. Yeah. Um, okay. So my, my sort of go-to is, is there any sort of judgment, fear, negative sound that's coming from, from like, you kind of have to, for me, it was really all about listening to the voices very carefully. And I actually could hear the tone. So I started to be able to hear the tone of the ego is always trying to keep me in a box and like limit me and keep me safe and make me feel a little bit fearful. Even if it was like a nice kind of fear, it was like, you know, it's not super bad, but like this could happen if you do this, you know, it was, it was kind of that, that kind of talk and the, the soul's always coming from love. It always wants me to do the bigger things, to have the bigger experience, to, you know, be one with other people. It never wants me to be separate from anyone. And so you start to like, really, you have to really listen and when you can start to listen you can actually like hear there's a tone difference that's that's kind of what happened for me and that's what i like to tell people because there is literally a difference in tone it's crazy there is definitely yeah. a difference in tone uh for me it's more about the energy mm. of how i feel that's so great. intuition is literally a feeling of nurturing. It is a feeling of nurturing guided by wisdom and information that is like literally saying, take action now. And it's not doing it from like, you have to, or you better or else, like the knife to the throat kind of thing. Not cool, mm -hmm. right? And so no one wants a knife to their throat anyway. No. But the point I'm making is that it doesn't feel that way. It literally feels like, yeah, I'm just, this, I'm in this place of love for that person or for the situation, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give them that information. Whereas ego, you, then again, you have to specify what level of ego you're talking about because a lot of times people get into this very like, this energy of like, oh, the ego is this bad thing. The ego is what keeps you on this planet, right? And so I was explaining to my friend the other day in Bali because he was talking to me about it last night on the phone, and he, I was we were talking about the ego. And I was explaining to him that the ego is the great paperweight, right? But it's how you utilize the ego. You could, if the ego is sitting in the lower, lower field of energy, it's operating from a place of insecurity. It's operating from a place that someone could be better than you and that you have to be better than them. And it's like literally you'll walk on people and you'll like, you'll play like power struggles with them mm -hmm. and you'll do everything you can to make yourself seem like you're this, this and that. That's the lower ego because it's, it's, it's being led by fear, right? Mm -hmm. The higher <laughs> ego, when, when you decide to go, oh, I have this lower ego, I want to bring it into the heart space, right? So the higher ego is all about service. 
Mm-hmm. So it's peer service. You'll know when it's the higher ego, when every morning you wake up and you see someone or you look at someone and you're just like, I want to see their life greater than you can imagine. You walk down the street, instead of saying hello to someone, you can say hello. And as they're passing you, you're like, I want tons of prosperity for you, super health, super happiness, whatever. The ego's job is to edify, to edify you and to edify the principles of all things, right? But in, in the, when it's in the heart space, it's edifying it for the glory of the greatness of us being lit, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're in that, like, like when you're in your higher ego, you are literally making things happen from a place of love. You're in a business meeting and you're not like, it's all about me. It's about we, right? So the we mm-hmm. becomes the word that comes out of your mouth more so than the me or the I, mm-hmm. right? And so you'll know when it's your above ego, when you're operating from a place of service without expecting anything in return, because the upper ego does not need anything. It's full, right? So I tell people, get full, get full, right? And so <laughs> the upper ego is just like, I just want to give to you because I want to give to you. Like today I took friends out to eat. I'm not like, they're like, oh, I'll get you back. I'm like, don't even say that to me. It's so disrespectful for you to say that to me because it means that you're not acknowledging your own manifestation of this event, right? It's like, I'm not doing this for you, for your applaud or like whatever, like when you all were clapping earlier, like, no, you're clapping for you, right? Because mm-hmm. I want to keep centering it back to you because what I see so much is that spiritual people get into this very ego, like it's me, it's me, and I'm the one, and I'm the one who's bringing the wisdom. Like, no, I am just a servant, right, to love you. And, and I'm not here to play this game of higher and, 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 and you know, this, uh, this hierarchy. And so the lower ego plays that game. The lower ego will one-up you, okay? Mm-hmm. The lower ego will, will defend something not needing to be defended. Okay, the lower ego is the lawyer. Like if you say the sky is blue and someone comes in and goes, the sky is so purple today. And the lower ego will come out and go like, (laughs) 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 it's blue. (laughs) No, it's purple. No, it's blue. And I can go on Google right now and show you it's blue and why it became blue and how it became blue. Right? The, The lower ego's job is to be the lawyer who wants to win the case. Whereas the above ego is not about winning a case. It's about being in love, Mm -hmm. service, kindness, generosity. So the way you'll be able to differentiate, right, your intuition, especially for being a female too, because being a woman, uh, your your intuition, uh, and I say this to all women in the tribe who are listening, needs to go up more, okay? And the reason why it hasn't gone up is because... The feminine energy was a, it was, is a fear-based energy to the system, right? Because the feminine energy sees quantumly and is able to move from one dimension to another dimension in an emotion, right? Whereas like when we men get emotional, we go in. When women get emotional, they go out and they sense all of everything and then they go in. And so when, what happens is when you're operating as a female, that you've embodied in this woman's body, you are having to acknowledge that if you get angry, right, when you are wanting to express something or feel something, that's because you feel that, that you're going to be attacked for going into your intuition. So you have to let yourself get a little crazy. You may have to be like, hold on, honey. Don't even argue. Just grab a drum and start banging it. Start banging that drum. All of a sudden, you might fall on the floor, start shaking. You might have an orgasm. Okay? And you'd be like, it's time for us to move. I heard it. You need to quit your job. We're starting a business. All of it will become clear to you, right? 
it's that stage before that happens that women get afraid. And then they're like, and then that's when men get afraid too, because we're not told to, we're, we weren't taught to emote emotions. So all of a sudden we see this emotion, like all of a sudden you're on the ground, you're like, oh, right? And so we're like, calm down, honey, calm down, take it down a notch. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. And just like what you said about, right, being the kid and letting the kid go that way. Yes. There's going to be so much more power on this planet when we men just step back <laughs> and be like, go deeper, babe, go deeper. And if you get those lotto numbers, hand them over. I love it. <laughs> because that, you, can, you, you can tap into all kinds of things. You put your hand on the earth. You'd be like, oh, there's an earthquake in China. And over here, call the scientists now. There's going to be an earthquake. <laughs> Okay, because that's how powerful women intuition is, right? But we have to, we have to, we have to give, we have to redefine that back into its principle yeah. by saying, "Get crazy, ladies!" <laughs> right? Get go wild on it, right? Yeah. Start jumping around, come out, spin around in your dress, start banging dishes together. Someone said you need to take it down a notch. You're like, take it down a notch. I'm about to blow the roof off the house. You'll be lucky too. I'm about to see all your stuff. <laughs> The wild women, the true wild women. Yeah, let the wild one out, right? That's where the wild ones are. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you understand? Yeah, good. Good. You lit? Perfect. (laughs) Nice. Should we do another question? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we'll do one more question. Okay, there you go. She's been waiting for a question the whole time. Yeah. She was like doing like when you were in school, you know, you put your hand up, you put your hand down, you put your hand up, you put your hand down. Hi, how are you doing? Thanks Hi. for having us. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, I have a question. I think, well, let me not say I think. I am very sensitive to emotions and people around me. And I kind of shut down in a way because I don't want to pick up and absorb all the time. And I kind of feel like it made me a little numb. And I want to get back to being that emotionally tapped in, involved person, but I want to find a balance without being numb. Do you have any advice for that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the biggest piece of advice I can give is to strengthen your aura. Um, You know, we have such a big protector. It's the electromagnetic field of energy around us. Um, I don't know how long ago, but maybe 10, 20 years ago, it was seen as being really woo-woo to talk about our auras. But now, you know, there's been Nobel Peace Prize winners that have actually proven that this exists. There's multiple devices to measure our auras and it really attracts and repels things in and out of our life. So to have a relationship with our energy, to strengthen it and expand it and really have daily practices that do that. Um, Like I know Shaman Derek works a lot with the force field, which is so powerful Mm -hmm. and that's our aura. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, in Kundalini, we work so much with like cleaning and cleansing out the aura because, you know, we can have holes in our aura. Um, Our aura can be smaller and bigger and there's so many ways that um, we are able to protect ourselves no matter what situation we're in no matter who's around us what they're saying um, we can have that protection if we you know give ourselves the um, give ourselves the chance with a strong and powerful aura 
Yeah, that's beautiful. And to add to that too, you know, your aura is the accumulation of all your chakra centers. So if you're feeling numb, you know, it's likely that there's some sort of, um, you know, just your one of your energy centers, likely your heart is just sort of closed and I wouldn't say even closed, but it's just vibrating lower. And so it's just really balancing all of the chakras to really create a really strong aura is going to help immensely. And yes, the aura is our greatest protector. It's like we there's so many things that we can do to protect ourselves, but it's really our energy field is really the best one. It's the most simple to work with. Um, and yeah, cleaning it out and and really kind of focusing on like making sure the energy is moving to create the strong aura is is really helpful. So, shaman. And I'm going to add to these powerful goddesses that 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 sit before you. That's just, I just love that. I just love that. <laughs> Me too. Because <laughs> I just got into, you know, I just felt it. I was just like, oh. Okay. All right. Anyway, so going on what I was going to say was I'm going to go, I'm going to go in two parts for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first part is when you're dealing what, so what you have going on right now is that you're an empathic being. Okay. Uh, but I'm watching the way your eyes are dilating and I'm watching how you're, you're holding your body right now. It tells me that you're an acute empath. Now, an acute empath is a little bit different than just a regular empath. So you really have to develop a functional empath than dysfunctional empath. And that means what? That means that there is a wound inside of you, okay? Because if you're that affected by energy, that means that you're holding on to a wound. Now, this wound grafts backwards to a family member who was aggravated, agitated, loud, boisterous, destructive in your space, meaning that you could not maintain your equilibrium and balance of harmony because their energy existed. That means that every time you want to find that harmonious place, you got pulled away from it to get into drama, okay? That drama has created uh, an energy inside of you that you're holding on to. So anytime you're in any situation, you boost up your signal, okay? Now you're boosting up your signal so that you can protect yourself, by feeling more so than a regular impact, you become acute impact, you're feeling the very, very, very um, different energy forms to see, can this person be trusted? Am I safe? Am I in harm's way? Am I going to be attacked? All these things are going on. But during that process, because you are holding on to that idea that something can happen and you're boosting your signal, Every energy that is in discordant vibration gets magnetized to that signal and you take it on and hold on to it because, and I'm going to say this, and this goes for anyone who's an acute empath, and there's a lot of acute empaths these days because a lot of people have gone through different traumas. You are holding on to what we call a pattern relay inside of your energy field. A pattern relay means that because you were dealing with the drama of energy, you became what we call the holder of dysfunction or the holder of discord. In order for you to bring back harmony into the fold of whatever that tribal circle was, be it your family and whoever it was, you actually opened your vessel, okay? Your second chakra, as, as, as the ladies are saying, and your third chakra, and you opened it up like a, a vortex, and you sucked in the pain of every single person who was going through what they're going through, and then closed it and locked it in, and then so that you can 
figure it out, how to bring them back to harmony and how to make them clear. So you are healing them by taking their pain into you. And then while they were in a better place and you weren't, you were solving quote unquote, because you're not really solving anything. You're solving it by playing it out in your own energy field in hopes. And I'm going to use the word hope because a hope is a two forked road. It means yes and no. Like if you went to a doctor and said, I hope you're going to make the surgery, like you're going to go to that doctor, right? So the idea is the hope factor, and it stays in that hope factor because you're stuck in duality, is can you figure out in the, in the time frame that you have, which is a small window, what has caused this disruption in these people and be able to bring remedy or cure to it? And if the disruption happens again and you didn't have enough time to sort it out, you lock it and put it up on a shelf and you go for the next one. You lock it, put it up on the shelf and you go for the next one. And before you know it, as time moves on, you become more and more and more a part of dysfunctional energy frequencies. You become, you walk in the room, you're not looking for the beauty. You're not looking for the joy. You're not looking for the transformation, the healing, the energy, the, the spark of divinity and things. You're looking for the suffering. You're looking for the discord. You're looking for the pain. You're looking for any energy. No, oh, baby, you didn't lose it. They lost it. You were just wanting to help them with the kindness of your heart to bring balance so you can go back and play and be you. That's where that is. That's what that is. And what I say to you, my love, the way we heal that, okay? The way we heal that is that you're going to have to become really selfish. For a couple years or so, you're going to have to become selfish in the sense of, I don't need to fix you to feel safe. And then you're going to spend more time in trees, around trees, because the tree elements, oh, they're such wonderful, wonderful spirits. Trees have the way to take the synthesis and change it in you. And water too. Just lay your body in the river. Lay your body in the water and the water will absorb all of the, all of the turmoil and discord inside of your blood, inside of your bile, inside of all the liquids of your body. And you'll be free from this. And you will learn and you will step into a room and there'll be chaos going on and you will be able to be in the eye of the storm and you will be the eye of the storm and you will not be affected. You will not be affected. Mm -hmm. I love you, baby. You will not be affected. All right? Mm, love you love you so amazing beautiful great yeah so <laughs> real fun oh my gosh Shambhala Pac-Man She-Ra Okay, so yeah, so I'm just really grateful and I know there's more stuff we want to do, but we are going to um, move it on and I am so grateful to have you powerful ladies and your wisdom, your knowledge and everything to be here on today's share. Thank you so Thank much. You. We love you so much. I love you. Yeah. I love you. And it's so nice to be with the whole audience here. Yes. I know. And the all tribe. of your beautiful energy. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, tribe, for being Thank here. Thank you. Thank you. We love you guys. <laughs> Satnam. Point.
That was amazing, powerful energy, being together as a family and sharing in love, opening ourselves up, being vulnerable, sharing wisdom, learning from each other. That's what it's about, Tribe. It's about stepping into that place where we're all students, where we're all learning, where we're all taking in the, the nutrients and all of the rich knowledge that we need in order to be the bright and shining litness being that we are. We're throwing down that lit hammer yes. and we're saying, I'm on the lit train and I'm so happy that you are here for today's share and I love you so much and if you're not following me on Instagram at Shaman Durek and also girls how do, how do they how do they connect with you and, uh, on Instagram at Elevate the Globe is perfect Elevate the Globe yes. and just so that you know uh, we are going to have part two of the Elevate the Globe so there was, there's more to come but you're going to have to go and check out Elevate the Globe to get it until next time I'll see you later and I love you mm -hmm. bye yeah. <laughs>